evening everyone. Welcome to our new dojo. Actually, it's funny how your mind plays tricks on you. I actually thought it was bigger than what it actually is. <laughs> yeah. um, should we cl- turn that off? Yeah, thank you. But nevertheless, it's a very pleasant place. Um, you may see we've got a new friend too. Um, he was donated by Hans when Hans was moving house. And uh, the laugh, it's called the Laughing Buddha. You've probably seen the Laughing Buddha around quite a lot. It's very, very popular in, in Asia, in China. And uh, in the iconography of, of um, Buddhism, um, his name is Hote. And where he comes into the Zen tradition, um, many of you probably have heard of the um, ten ox herding pictures, which is a, a number of pictures um, showing the, the sort of uh, progression of maturity, maturing through Zen training. And I can't remember all of them, but um, it starts off with searching for the ox and uh, the ox being a metaphor for our true nature. So searching for the ox, glimpsing the ox, catching the ox, riding the the, the ox home and a few others but the last one is, is that the uh, the, uh, the Zen practitioner <coughs> enters the marketplace with bliss bestowing hands and that's him mm-hmm. Ote and the ten ox herding pictures by their sequence indicate that the certain stages that you go through as you progress towards something called maturity or awakening or enlightenment or whatever you want to call it. Um, But it would be a mistaken way of viewing Zen practice or to practice to think, oh okay well I'll just wait till I go through all these stages and then when I go to the marketplace then I'll be very generous and kind to people. it's something you can practice now. Um, you you can be the person now um, that enters the marketplace with bliss bestowing hands. In other words, to not wait until you think that you're enlightened to something and then you'll be generous, but to actually practice generosity of spirit now. Right? <coughs> um, Thich Nhat Hanh said, once, there is no way to peace, peace is the way. And you can say that of all the parameters, you know, there's no way to, there's no way to patience, patience is the way. And you can say it of generosity, there is no way to generosity, generosity is the way. As soon as we set up a goal that we're going to go towards and ten stages we're going to go through before we reach the goal, in a sense, we've, we've we've missed the mark, we've, we've misunderstood, misunderstood the very insight of Zen practice that it's right here now, yeah, that awakening is right here now. So we can practice being like an enlightened person rather than having to wait for eons until we will be generous, right? It's right here now that we can do it. And if we translate that into um, everyday experience, 
Now, when, when you go to the shops or, you, you know, you go to the mall or whatever, um, what is the spirit in which we interact with other people and engage with other people? Um, do we see other people um, as a threat to us or do we see them as obstacles in our way, you know, or irritants or, you know, threats or whatever? Um, are we judging other people all the time? Or do we walk through the marketplace um, with a sense of openness and possibility to how other people will be? Like, is there a, a view of other people that's clouding our mind? Now, and and to follow that through, do you know how do we how do we engage with? Um, shopkeepers, do you know, that do we treat them like another human being and smile at them and make eye contact with them and polite to them or they, they're just a sort of convenience that serves us and off we go. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, we're, if we're actually engaging in Zen practice and we're engaging with the moment, it's not just being mindful about my thoughts and my feelings and my body sensations, it's equally externalising that mindfulness into a mindfulness of others and a kindness towards others. Otherwise, we're just still caught in the self-centred dream. So every act of going to the marketplace, to the shops, um, can be viewing people with openness and possibility. And by that I mean um, the the way that we open up in living a Zen life is to see not just the Buddha nature in ourselves, but the Buddha nature in other people. Uh, and yet at the same time, what we understand about ourselves through doing Zen practice is that we're also deluded. And other people are deluded as well. And other people act out their delusions, like just like we do. So um, it's like we need to hold two things together. Is it's that it's holding together like essentially, primarily, that attitude of openness and possibility of, of se- just seeing how other people are, just letting them be, um, seeing how they respond without having judgments about how they will respond, just letting all of that go, without being naive either. Um, one of the things Joko, my teacher, used to say. Um, occasionally is that um, everyone's doing the best that they can and everyone is also self-centred to some degree or another right? and those two things coexist so all of us manifest Buddha nature and all of us manifest delusion and not quite clear that we actually are Buddhas either and so we need to be open to all possibilities we don't want to have um, what one Tibetan Buddhist teacher referred to as idiot compassion or idiot generosity, it requires some discernment. Um, If someone's being aggressive to you, then you need to address the fact that they're being an aggressive person and respond appropriately to that. Or if someone was being very, very selfish in the way that they were conducting themselves, you need to respond to that. But I think a primary thing is to, when you walk through a shopping centre or you're just walking through a public place, is drop the judgement of other people. 
and cultivate the mind of just treating everyone with openness and possibility. And the way that we actually present ourselves has an impact on the way that other people will then relate to us. Um, people quite frequently say to me, like people who are fairly experienced uh, Zen practitioners, particularly after doing a session, a retreat, they find themselves in public places catching trains and they're kind of surprised, sort of half surprised and half delighted at how nicely everyone is treating them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and how people smile at them and seem so courteous and nice. And it's because that's what they're giving out. You, you give that out and it, and it comes back to you. And if you walk around with a sour face, that's what will come back to you. Mm-hmm. Or an aggressive stance, you know, that's what will come back to you. So there is a kind of instant karma in that. You, you, have, a, you have a generosity of spirit People pick it up, and people people like that. They want to they want to respond in kind, and that's often what you get back. You don't always get it back, but it probably increases the possibility that something like that will occur. So you don't have to wait until Maitreya Buddha comes, who comes in thousands of years before you can be generous, and how you can enter the marketplace with bliss bliss bestowing hands. It's something you can do now. And this gentleman behind me demonstrates how it can be done. So he's one of our new mascots for our new sender.